Hello. Welcome to the Bromley Bark. The Bromley Bark indeed. If you really want to put the dogs off, you can start singing, as we discovered. <laughs> now, we are, in fact, broadcasting from West Wickham, and uh, any extraneous sounds you hear of a tapping claws nature, a drinking water nature, and general huffing and puffing, and possibly barking, is a little set of um, rather sweet dogs that we have in the company with us today. Yes, we have three here officially, and there's another two in the other room, so if you suddenly hear a bark or a yap, that's quite loud, it'll be from the two next door. Right, well, nevertheless, here we are in West Wickham, and uh, I'm Darren Wheel of Intune PR with... Zeynep Narani of Vida de la Mariposa Coaching. And we're in a, a nice place, actually. I rather like West Wickham, and it's around <laughs> places we've been before. So, Bethlehem Museum of the Mind, for example, know, and Gallery is just up the road. Uh, and I spent a few minutes earlier on in a very cute shop uh, known as the Crafty Needle, which is a wool haberdashery and fabric uh, shop and uh, let me see if I can find the card which I can't but I think I was speaking to a lady called Irene apologize if it isn't Irene Irene or not Irene um, <laughs> but we were talking in there uh, about something in your field Z, which was about the value of um, mental crochet health, to mental health mm, yeah absolutely. Uh, and she was saying how proud she is of a window which I took a picture of and I will be putting on our insta because it's yeah. lovely you said she's been there for about 14 years now I did indeed, uh, and she said that uh, things have come and gone, but uh, you know she seems to be very well embedded, and uh, it's lovely to see an independent shop like that on the high street. Yeah. It is. It was absolutely beautiful. In fact, we came across it yesterday, wasn't it? That's right. Because um, uh, we were actually going to the petrol station to get some chicken. Unsuccessfully. Unsuccessfully. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. Um, I did get them just petrol bacon. station, chicken, chicken, petrol station. Mm, not necessarily work. a pairing. They do have bacon though. Yeah. So we ended up with bacon in my um, pesto spaghetti. At the risk of being thumped by my co-presenter, however, I do prefer the bacon we had in the breakfast this morning, mm -hmm. the crispy it's bacon. It's quality, petrol station bacon or <laughs> restaurant <laughs> bacon, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Very crispy, courtesy of Causey, the, uh, what would you call it, restaurant over the road, I think. Yeah, right cafe is. restaurant, it's really, really family-run business. Mm. Um, so I went in there to get uh, use their internet and of course Eat and I had their breakfast there the other day and it's probably the best breakfast I've had so far. Sourdough bread with avocado, poached eggs, spinach, mushroom. It was just, oh, and roasted uh, vegetables. Mm. Absolutely divine. And then today I had the same thing, but I added spicy sausages. You know when you're doing your mental health coaching, do you talk about the value of a good start to the day? Yeah, I do. Well, we just had one. We did indeed. Right, All moving energized. on, we've got lots of things coming up in the show today. We've got uh, a bit of an interview with the artistic director from Magpie Dance. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got uh, some words from a uh, rather noted and Bromley-based poet. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to be reflecting on being on BBC Radio Kent, uh, some networking stuff, Leeds Castle. Uh, we'll be doing your regular affirmation or empowering question. Um, talking about owls and uh, Brown, the Duke of Gloucester, which keeps making me think of the thing about uh, marching up to the top, top of the hill and down again and the old uh, sort of royalty-related mm -hmm. poems and songs. But anyway, I'll have to stop that. Uh, and a couple of things that are coming up. And we have an interview with a head teacher from a local school, um, which is part of a wider organisation where I keep getting unstuck on calling them the right name, so I'm just going to let him introduce himself when the time comes. 
Uh, and that's it for the day. Is that at the bottom where you've got Philip something? Philip Tago, that's Tago. quite correct, yeah. Mm. Uh, and uh, you can listen to the show also on Channel Radio on Monday mornings at 10am. And uh, yeah, should we kick off with a, a joint buzz? Yep. Right, over to you. Magpie dance. Yes, indeed. It uh, was absolutely fabulous. I mean, you would have heard us talk quite a lot about magpie dance on previous um, podcast episodes. But this is a charity for people with disabilities, so a dance school mm. for people with I'm sorry, disabilities, disabilities, um, whether it's learning or physical, mental, and this was held at the Langley Boys School. Yes, and it was called the Global Moves and Grooves, a festival of dance and culture, and it certainly lived up to that name. It was so uplifting and. Uh, right at the beginning when we arrived they had a room full of different stores from mm. different um, countries around the world their musical instruments yep. whether it was uh, well musical instruments whether it was um, clothing um, whether it was uh, anything creative arts what was that thing I tried on and swooshed around with that was the Brazilian outfit there you go listeners I've had a Brazilian you've had a Brazilian <laughs> yes uh, for any, okay, for any so young, no younger listeners, um, please move on. Do um, look out for no, the um, Instagram because I will be posting a video of his Brazilian dancing. Yeah, but it, it was lovely. It was a lovely sort of golden mm. cape and uh, headdress thing going on when, yeah. when I worked out how to put it behind right. my ears. And then um, Darren was very nice enough to say, well, I've worn the Brazilian outfit. Do you want to wear the ball's head? Say no more. Yeah, not one of my best friend moments, that was it, really? No, it wasn't. But then he did take quite a nice picture of me in my Hawaiian outfit. Oh, uh, yes. Um, uh, and in actual fact, um, that is on Insta. despite the possible demand from listeners, I'm not going to post the bull's head picture. <laughs> and, and, unless demand does come in very heavily and you consent. Unless I upset you, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, that's very unlikely. Um, <laughs> oh, but anyway, no, they had, they had lots of things on. So we went around this world scene and the various instruments, percussion and all mm. sorts of things. And uh, we moved on. They had three studios with uh, dancing samples from yeah. around the world. Catholic inspired class, and most of these classes were actually taught by the students there. Yeah, which like, was wonderful. With obviously the help. Isn't it marvelous for a whole bunch of grown adults who would be described as quote unquote normal, which yeah. is a weird term anyway, but being ordered around by people who had the yeah. learning disabilities and, and stuff. And they did and so well. They did yeah. so well. Considering it, it was like an oven in there. It was it so, was so warm, hot. Yes. Um, they did marvellously. I mean, they had, um, as I said, the Kathak, which is um, by the Adult Technique Ballet Dancers. They had Durham, sorry, Dunham Technique inspired and taught by the Youth Technique Dancers, creative based on Chinese dance by the junior team, Contemporary. Then they had uh, European Rhythms, then a class-based Aboriginal dream time dance. And there was a bit of flamenco as well. Yeah, that, that's the thing that we, we joined, we joined in, in, in isn't it? Yeah, and we um, capered around a bit, which was lovely. It was nice. Yeah. Really and the other one, that. actually, was a meditation class, um, yeah. which had me lying down and then going into some fairly unnatural positions. For yeah, that's when I kind of moved out because I, I didn't think there was enough space to be rolling around. There's a lot of people there. 
pleasing. Yeah, me. there was. That and was, that, and that was despite the women's final. By the way, congratulations to England yeah. women's team for their win at the weekend. European oh, champions. fabulous! That was my buzz anyway. I think oh, one of no. my buzzes. Yes, you stole it away once again. <laughs> you can have it back. That's all right. We can buzz about I it together. I said nothing. I'll edit it out. No, I won't. <laughs> no, congratulations to them. That was absolutely fantastic. Well, I mean, what an achievement and inspirational for so many women out there and young girls mm. that they can aspire to. And talking of which, of course, there are a lot of women and young girls involved in the magpie dance because we're not quite finished with them yet. They went no, we on don't. to do their showcase, which was, what, a couple of hours, 90 minutes, something of this duration. Mm. So a big stage in the Performing Arts Centre, uh, an intro of various videos, um, which were all very addressing the world theme of dance and mental health and things of this nature. Mm. But then it went on to performance after performance by what must have been around 80 performers or something like that. Uh, mm. All in different costumes and from different areas. Um, yeah. What was your favourite? I think I really loved two, the I very first one, which was because I was only there for the first three, and then unfortunately I had to leave because I had to come back and uh, let the dogs out. Who yeah, let, let the, the dogs, dogs out? Anyway, which I needed to, otherwise I'd Zenat have did. annoying neighbours <laughs> getting mm. cross. Um, I actually loved the hacker. Because that brought back ah, memories Ah, this is a tomato me. and tomato moment. Is it mm. a hacker or a harker? Harker. I say harker, you say to haker. Anyway. Hacker. Hacker. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, your memories. Go on, sorry. Yeah, it's just memories of when I was in New Zealand. Mm. Um, I was touring there with the ice show and we met the All Blacks there. And uh, we got to see that in live, in a bar. They did it for us and oh, it was absolutely fantastic. That is so impressive, that, yeah. that as, as a thing before rugby games. And um, one of the nice things about the whole thing was there was learning. But I would like to come on to the end part mm. as well. The, the end, there, there was effectively two ends, I think. I think the, the end song was Lord of the Dance, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. oh, that's the end, whoever you may be. Anyway, I, I could have misremembered that. Apologies to make my dance if so. But the thing I do remember better is that there was a, a world dance before that, I think. And um, that was a thing of, as so much of it was, a, a thing of beauty and uh, uh, the wonderful combinations. And what they had actually was um, people, the dancers, coming together as people and, and uh, flowing effectively in and out of each other. And it was oh, like wow. showing humanity and unison and um, valuing people community. and lifting each other up and all of this stuff. I, I hope that's what they're driving at because that's mm. how it came across. But the, uh, the other highlight I've got to mention, though, um, there were things like the empowerment was really, really noticeable. So you had people who have disabilities and uh, things that sort of set them apart from other people. And in some circumstances, some people may, may not be nice to them. Mm. But there they were in their zone, in confidence. Mm. And Absolutely. they were... They were some of them were sort of interacting with the audience and lifting their arms up and going, "Come on, applaud some more," which was just a burst of confidence. <laughs> yeah. And the absolute epitome of the confidence thing was an apparently unplanned bit because when they got to the end of the end, um, one of the dancers um, with a beard uh, turned around to the audience and uh, did a bit of a wiggle and a bit of a twerk and got an enormous <laughs> round of applause. I thought that was fantastic. Oh, how beautiful! And, uh, 
Yeah. Do you know what? The other things, two things that I loved about that, and just what you said, it's mm. about coming together, unity as one, the, the one world, you know, global moves and grooves. But the different um, people that got involved with the specific dancers, some of the um, choreographers have never worked with people with disabilities. Mm. And I thought it was beautiful what they were saying in the video, how inspired they were and been given the opportunity to be able to do this um, with them mm. uh, because they were inspired, which I thought was really, really beautiful. And the other thing that I noticed um, sitting from the outside was the way, you know, it, they helped each other on stage because some of them might want to wander off or blank because it's mesmerizing being mm. on stage. You know, you've got people staring at you, whether you can see them or not because the lights are in your eyes, it's a bit dark. But you had the children and the adults supporting and guiding each other within the dances. And I thought it was beautiful. I noticed that as well. There were clearly one or two of the dancers who mm. didn't have the ability to join in in the way that the others did. Yeah. They weren't really that scriptable. But the dances flowed around them and the people were still interacting with mm. them. And you could see they're smiling. Yeah. They and then they would clap a little bit as yeah. well. Yeah. So that was actually a bit of a shiver as well as a buzz, I think, that one. And I thought uh, it was lovely that, to end on a Sunday night. And that leads on to our last episode was a full uh, interview with Alison Farrell, who's the artistic uh, director of Magpie Dance. And I'd just like to put a little clip in from that. I've been with the company 25 years and every single day. Just can't wait to get in and... See who's going to come out with something interesting, who's come up with a, the next brilliant idea and, and who's written down in their book exactly what I should be doing for the next show. So it's, it's very much dancer-led for everything we do at Magpie. Um, and that's actually quite a common reaction that I've noticed over the years at performances, that people are, they do feel quite moved. And I think a lot of that is perhaps from years gone by of, of the expectations of what people can do. Um, and then actually seeing our dancers and just how capable they are and mm. how brilliantly talented. You know, for me, the people I work with, they happen to have a learning disability, but they're first and foremost, they're dancers and performers. Um, and to be able to share that and nurture that skill and talent in our dancers is, you know, I, I feel incredibly lucky. But I think that is a uh, quite a common audience reaction to feel moved. Um, and I think one of the things which I know we're going to talk about the event in a minute is that um, dance is a universal language. So where someone may have difficulty expressing themselves verbally, um, if you get up on stage, you can you can say anything you want through dance. So, um, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's great watching the dancers perform. There we go. And that's um, Magpie Dance um, covered. Now, um, talking of arts, as we, this it was, um, another thing which we went to jointly, uh, and I'm, I'm pleased to say you, you, you stayed throughout this one, and that was the um, Young Poets of London. Yes, the Young Poets of London poetry event in the Amphitheatre behind Churchill Theatre in Gardens Bromley. In Bromley. Yeah. Mm. And that was uh, effectively, well, emceed by, mostly emceed by Teresa Lola, who turns yeah. out to be a prominent local based poet. Go Bromley. I don't know, she's been here for so many years, something like 15 years, mm. she said. Yeah. And she's been trying to grow the arts. Yeah, she's a very confident young lady. It was lovely to see her doing her thing. It was really good to see 
uh, Lem Sisse, who's OBE and uh, very experienced and prominent doing his thing. Mm. Uh, there are a handful of um, other poets of, of some prominence. And for me, though, the highlight was actually the, the, um, the library poets, as I think they were called, um, the ones that have been doing library work, uh, poetry yes, workshops in the library with Lem and with Teresa yeah. and others. Because some of them and were children the in show. care. Yeah. They were children in care, a lot of them. Mm. Um, it was the confidence in them was incredible. It was, um, and they said some really they Profound some of the some of the words. some of the stuff they said was at least as meaningful as any of the mm. experienced and professional poets. And I think and it, it came from the heart. It did, and it. I think for many people, in some way or another, it would have touched on the audience's heart. Mm. It sure did with mine, and I started to think about my life, reflect on my life, the great things, how lucky I am, or how um, the challenges I may have encountered. And so, a lot of these that the children were saying, a lot of their poems, I'm sure with a doubt were about their own lives or people around them, mm. which was lovely. It was, um, by the way, we saw Christine Harris, councillor, deputy mayor, there as well. It was nice we to did. see her and uh, Neil the attendant. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, they were part of the uh, thing as well. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to, to hit listeners up with my first poem I've written in about 35 years. Because one of the things I realised while I was there is that poetry is very democratic. Mm. Um, firstly, there's open verse, which means you don't have to rhyme mm. if you don't want Absolutely. to. Uh, and secondly, anyone can do it at any time and it's free. Mm -hmm. and you can outpour your soul and talk to yourself via poetry which is mm -hmm. very interesting and one of the po poets actually said as part of her act um, that uh, hello my name is sorry I can't remember the name um, but her, my name is and uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to come and overshare with you <laughs> which I thought was well put so here's my bit of oversharing of a poem and you'll recognise what this is uh, in tribute to at least um, a mm -hmm. lot of um, people will who like Stranger Things TV mm -hmm. show uh, and I call this The Inside Out. Kate Bush is number one. Stranger things have happened. The old is the new to the young. Number eight and number eleven have taken her to seventh heaven. And there you go, that's my bravo, poet. Bravo, But uh, that wasn't a... Um, but you did one that on these... the spur of the moment, no, no, didn't it, you? It, it wasn't a, a, this is an outpouring of my heart or how no. stressed I am. And some of the stuff was a bit dark that was going on as well. Mm. But it was just... Uh, a thing which I was enjoying reflecting on, yeah. and I've been watching a lot. I think the one that was really dark was the one by Carlos. Carlos, yeah. Um, Car was... Carlos with two further names um, in there. Roja, something Rojas. Mm. Um, yeah, that was great. Can I just say, um, so the priori, a priori, uh, the p young poets. Yes. Um, obviously, it was all um, presented by these following people: Ar um, Teleliti. Telity? Telity, yeah. R. Telity, um, the Bromley um, Council, Lollipop Events Limited, Spread the World, um, GLL, Sports, uh, Support the Arts, and Clown. And I think there's another one there. Can't really read that. Is that Haft? Ugh. HT, it's got letters all over the place. Mm. The one in the box. Um, can't help you there, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> but uh, Theresa Loader in the clip I'm about to introduce, I think, might refer to the sponsors. Yes. Um, but I, rather than include a poem, which I think I might do in a subsequent episode, I want to make sure I've got permission to use that first. 
but I recorded um, the entire show actually. Um, but Teresa's intro was actually worth listening to all by itself, mm. and here it is. See, a lot of people have made this today possible. So first on, we're going to have some of the young poets, young library poets that Lem Sisse has been working with over in Bromley Library. So three sessions, two and a half hours in total, and you're going to see the magic that they have created all from this. So what we're going to do is just prepare our applause, how we're going to welcome not just them, but other poets that come up on stage. So what I want you to do is first, just clap with one finger, okay? Then with two, then with three, then with four, then with five. So would you like to come up to the stage, please? Young Library Poets. So there we go. Um, Do you know which one I did love, though? Go on. Was uh, the lady, oh, what's her name? And she, she did her poetry singing, half singing, oh, yes, half indeed. reading. Mm -hmm. um, I thought I brought all the names along. It might be on my phone, actually. Well, I've got it here anyway, so I'll, um, I'll come She on was absolutely it. wonderful. I mean, her voice just went right through me, and the hairs on the back of my spine just literally stood up. I think you'll find out as Abina Essa. Abina, that's it. That's her. Um, and yes, I, I do agree with you. She was... Um, I love the interplay of that. And I don't know if it was her, but being introduced to contemporary poetry, there were things like a poem which included... You kind of wandered from being poetical and verse-like into statements of fact about things that had happened or mm. are happening now and then went back into the poetry it was like turning it into a semi-news broadcast mm. so it was fascinating anyway um yeah so i'm sure there'll be further work on that there'll be further things in the library well done gll for that and uh, i hope to get um Teresa and hopefully one of the young people as a guest on the show in future now technically speaking i've got myself down as the next buzz but i want to um, be quiet for a minute so would you like to talk about your recent Mindset Matters show? Uh, yes, so I had the opportunity of uh, Hannah Maria Francis, who is a fourth year medical student. She um, came on the show last week, so that's show 82. So if you want to hear that, then do go over to my podcast platform, Nirani uh, uh, MSN, mm -hmm. uh, show, uh, or you can just connect with me on social media and listen to it through there. Uh, she was absolutely fantastic and she was talking about things that were right up my street in terms of how I resonated with her so body positivity LGBTQ plus um, racism medical racism mm. um, and I think the one that shocked me the most what she mentioned was that a lot of our roots comes back down to our our racism goes down to our genetics, hmm. which was interesting. I don't like the sound of that, and I'll tell you why, because if it is at a genetic level, it's harder to so stop. So that's what we were looking at the medical side of things, but definitely worth a listen. There was so much value there, but more importantly, she was just beautifully heartwarming, open, honest, authentic, and compassionate. And one of her things is she wants to go into breast surgery and the whole LGBTQ and supporting that. 
But she says, I want to be the type of medical student that shows empathy and compassion and not just be somebody clinical. Yes, and with the strains that the NHS, for example, is under, uh, it's arguable that that has diminished. And I I like the idea of anybody bringing it in more. Yeah, wonderful. So do check that out. Hannah Maria Francis. Yeah, and of course this is important because... um, you're a Bromley person, you're producing this podcast around mindset things, and whether the guest is from Bromley or not, it's important to refer to on this show. Mm-hmm. Well, talking of shows, uh, I was on BBC Radio Kent talking about Bromley Arts Festival. You were. And, to my pleasure, the Magpie Dance again, so uh, that was very good. Uh, so I'd like to say a thank you to Dominic King, whose uh, arts and culture show is on pretty much every evening on BBC Radio Kent Mm -hmm. and uh, I look forward to coming back on and indeed he's going to be a a guest on the Bromley Buzz which he's agreed to. Yeah which is great. I look forward to meeting him and I think um, I'm going to do a buzzing for you because I'm buzzing for you is um, obviously um, you will have already been on when (laughs) this podcast goes out but you're back not on BBC Radio but in the studio yeah, this, is this time round today. So mm. the day we're recording this, it is going. You're going to be right there this evening, eight p.m. Is it? Uh, Nine p.m. Nine p.m. Exactly. Yeah. BBC Radio Two, Sirius Matthews regular blues show, and it's because I have an exhibition to do with British blues music history at the Barbican Music Library until the nineteenth of September. Which I have buzzed about quite a lot as well. Indeed, so thank you. Go, go, taking my hat off to you. And if you haven't seen the blues exhibition, it is definitely a must to go down and have a look because the collection that Darren has there is inspiring. And it also relates to you as well because um, music is one of the things, as with the rest of the arts and culture, Mm. which is literally part of uh, our mental health and well-being anyway. Yep. Um, People missed it so much during lockdown, obviously. Mm. It was almost a frenzy to get back, wasn't there? So I have have two, Mm -hmm. two little buzzes, obviously, well... This is my buzz where we said right at the beginning, I'm here dog sitting. I actually love it because it's given me time for myself, even more than I thought. I've actually been grateful for one thing because I've been diving into the book that you gave me, 30 Mm. Things I Love About Myself, purely because I don't have internet connection here. Mm. So it's forced me to sit back, take time for myself and read, which is great for my mental health actually. Yeah, and that that book is um, an entertainment with with some messages thrown in. Mm. But above all, really, it's entertainment. Yeah. It's, There's uh, a few little giggles I keep doing, and when I do read it on the train and I giggle, I think people look at me like I'm a bit weird. But I don't the, care. Which is their problem. Uh, but it's yeah. nice. Well, that's one of the reasons uh, I lent it to you, is because I found myself doing laugh-out-loud moments in random places as well. Yeah. And that's a mark of a really good book. It actually. is. It is really, really good. So definitely worth... Um, reading so yes so dog sitting the other thing was um i i was on chat and spin radio which was lovely to be there they invited me back again so Mm -hmm. that was nice to talk about what i do around mental health and well-being in the workplace specifically and the importance around that so that was great and the biggest one i'm happy about is um i've been nominated Mm. for the global women's award for making a difference, so I'm amongst uh, 50 other women, and uh, yeah, to, uh, obviously, um, I'm really, really excited, privileged, uh, honoured to have been nominated. It was a shock, actually. Well, uh, even if I don't hopefully... win, it's going to be amazing to be amongst so many great 
dif um, difference makers. Well, I think you're going to have more shocks like that going forward because you do stand for um, the value of people addressing mental health and well-being mm. issues. You broadcast it about it, you write about it, you talk about it incessantly. Uh, you know, you mm. are a champion of it, and so well done. But also it goes down to the people around me that I have in my circle. I think that's really important as well to value who you have around you mm. because they are part of your journey, or so I say part of my journey, and they inspire me to also be the best person I can be. And funny, funny enough, it leads on to... And I have uh, one sitting right in front of me. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well done, dogs. Now, uh, <laughs> um, moving on. You went I'm, off I'm relate somewhere to really nicely. Hmm? Oh, oh, I was going to go on to you that. Oh, you can do that in a minute. But the, the <laughs> one thing that relates to this, you were talking about having people around you that help you, basically, in a, a, a part of um, a positive life. <laughs> and if you haven't got them, find them. And there are places where they gather, and they gather around things you love anyway. So mm. I, I spoke in the last show, um, the last show of this nature, about an upcoming um, book club on the 10th of July, I think, at um, Waterstones in Orpington. Mm. Uh, and that's uh, a book club thing. Hang on a minute, have I got it written down here? No, I haven't got it written down there. But anyway, it's definitely on the 10th of August. But you can go and talk, talk amongst other literary-minded people if you're that way inclined. Um, you can join uh, clubs that are to do with the knitting and the crochet because they're around as well. That's something else Orpington Library is doing, by the way. Um, or well, the library, uh, rather than Waterstones mm. is doing. Um, and there's, there's all sorts of stuff you can get out to. One, ones that I enjoyed in the last few days, I went to Federation of Small Business Meeting at Churchill um, Theatre, uh, which when it cooled down, the air conditioning <laughs> wasn't on at first, um, it was a, a really nice event led by our mutual friend uh, of Elmcroft Business Services, Chandra Sharma. Hi Chandra, in case you're listening. And amongst other people, I met for the second time uh, Narish, I think his name is, from Handel's Banken, um, and he's a, a private banker, I think mm -hmm. I would put it that way. Um, but Handel's Banken is a, a bank which has a base and quite a lot of people in Bromley, mm -hmm. so brilliant that they're located here, Danish I think. And uh, after that, I went to the BNI, um, Business Networking International. Um, that's a Sorry about that. That is um, Willow just literally trying to get comfortable on the wooden floor. She's now gone into a little, little TV cubby, cabinet. T yeah, TV cabinet, yeah. like cubby hole bit. She has an interesting talent there because she was under a shoe rack last night. Yeah, she tends to go into little mm. boxed areas. Interesting. Anyway, the, the BNI um, went to something called Green Club, which is ostensibly for the best behaved members of the BNI who are helping each other to the max. And it was a bit more open than that um, to all comers this time. Mm. And it was at Bromley Football Club. And uh, it was really good. There was a real buzz about it. And people, if you're in business, if you're self-employed, if you're a small business, there's a range of these things that you can go to. BNI might be for you, it might not. FSB might be for you, it might not. Business Over Breakfast might be for you, it might not. Or you might start your own networking group. Mm -hmm. But either way, it's a conduit to people. And people are those groups we were just talking about. Um, you're going to bring me on to something fairly picturesque then by um, a few minutes I ago. I was, because I think... Um, it, I mean, I've been there. I'm lucky enough. I've been mm. there about four times, but that was when I was teaching. And you'd never been there, so and you went there for your birthday. So I did, and the there concerned was Leeds Castle, um, down around Maidstone. Mm. And one of the things about the Bromley Buzz, um, beauties of Bromley include the fact that not only is it worth coming to in itself, 
but it's also a handily place to go to other uh, really nice locations. Um, mm. I would name uh, Leeds Castle, which is really beautiful and uh, has these extensive lands and uh, some fascinating rooms to visit and uh, owl good. petting. We do have, we hello Mozart the owl, you know the European uh, eagle owl. In case you're listening, you never know where our listeners might be. <laughs> we'll put a little pair of earphones on him uh, so he can hear it. Uh, but that was fan- I never stroked an owl in my life. Yeah, I can't believe that. I've, yeah, I've struck quite a few owls. Okay, well, that's, a, that's a bit of new knowledge as well. snakes and parrots and tarantulas. Zena Norani, mental health, well-being and animal whispering. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, anyway, Lee's Castle was great. While we're on the subject of places that aren't in Bromley but are nearby that we like, would you like to throw a couple more I in? Like I'm going to throw in... Castle. Oh, that was because I was interrupting you, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Hever Castle's lovely. I really, really like Hever Castle. And, and there's jousting down there as well. And mm. eagle flying uh, mm. from time to time. Yeah. And there's Eagle Eagle Heights, actually, not far from mm-hmm. here, over, uh, well, out the back of Orpington, I suppose you could, could call it, near Lullingstone Castle, which is another interesting place. Yeah, it's nice there. Mm. And then there's Chiddingston Castle, which has a, an Oriental exhibition as a permanent thing in there. Uh, and it has occasional things like, uh, I think, food fairs and stuff. I went to one, and uh, because it's um, very countryside, uh, some of the people who are doing the selling there were panicking because their uh, card machines wouldn't work. Oh, dear. <laughs> but anyway, lovely place to visit. Yeah, if you like gardens, I think Weasley Gardens is really nice. Mm. That's really, really lovely. Uh, nice family day out, you know, take a little picnic, absorb the beauty of nature. Now, I, don't, I don't know if you were there at that particular moment, but one of the screens that went up during a magpie dance event talked about um, what the people of magpie dance like doing. And one of them, I'm pretty sure, referred to item moat, the National Trust place, and going around the garden and the flowers mm. there. So there you go, interesting link. Right, would you like to give us an affirmation or empowering question to uh, thought-provoke for the day? Yeah, so the one that I've got this week is if you could be encouraged how would that be and what would that look like it's a tricky one yeah big pause um Mm. i know what it's like to be encouraged because said circle of of friends do it to me all the time but i also know what it's like to be discouraged too yes but it's not about being discouraged no it is because you it's flipping things around yeah so if you are discouraged you need to try and look for the good yeah. amidst the, the bad stuff. But I, the idea yeah. of this is not to mm. always go back to the negative, to really think about I know that's the well, time if you we, we, we me, flip I might have got there. We need to, you're not flipping it around, you've got mm. to be, if you know, if you want to be, how could you be encouraged? So, you know, what needs, what in your life do you mm. need more of in terms of encouragement in order for you to achieve X, Y and Z? Well, an obvious one there is what's called little victories. So every time you get something you uh, need and desire, whether it's working or private, you know, that encourages you. And mm-hmm. then you go on to something else. Okay. And then my question would be, how do you get those little victories? By trying and not giving up. But allowing yourself periods of pause mm-hmm. and rest if you're finding it a struggle. And I'm going to pull up, pull up, pull you up on... Sorry, I'm having problems with verbalising today. Um, You're not having a problem um, asking me awkward questions, though. Could you carry on? <laughs> so you said by trying. Mm. 
I would say to you, and I don't know what our listeners think about that, try. try. I would say try or do. Because sometimes trying is like, oh, I'll try it, but you don't actually do it. Well, it's that's an not wholeheartedly that. I suppose it's actually a two-stage process. Mm. The first one is to get to the point where you want to, and yeah. that means that you're on the path to doing, and that, that I suppose is a sort of trying thing. Oh my word, I'm not very good at this. This is going into a bit stuff. of a therapy session yeah. of the Bromley Buzz. <laughs> mm. But you're quite right. Uh, actually, mm. you can ignore the trying in a way. It is doing. It is doing. Yeah. Um, just getting out there and doing something which can make a difference. Um, yeah. There's a, a lovely old um, saying which I'm going to try and recall, which is, luck is when opportunity make, uh, meets preparation. So nice. if you keep preparing, uh, then an opportunities might come up and you'll be ready for them and then you're in luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every time that happens, you're encouraged. Oh, I like that. That's mm. very nice. There yeah. we go. You can respond to that on my social media post. I'm not going to. I'm too tired by thinking that one through. <laughs> <laughs> right We're then. News time, I mm. think. Um, yeah, so can I just mention before mm. um, we go into the life in Bromley, Orpington, just snippets from there and the news chopper and things. Um, in Bromley, on Bromley High Street, there are three new places that have just opened up. One's called the Grape, uh, Grape Tree. And it's got all these different types of healthy nuts and fruits and dried stuff. Looks amazing. Um, so, yeah, if you're into your nuts and dried fruits, pop in there. It looks really, really yummy. Lots of brain food. I call it brain food. So if you're not getting enough time to eat, which you should be eating anyway, but always have a bag of nuts to energise your brain and energy. I don't suppose either of your other two places happen to be sophisticated wine merchants, are they? Because I would get more excited about them. No, unfortunately not wine merchants. Sorry okay. to disappoint you. So <laughs> the other place is called um, Chopstick Noodle Bar. Oh. So that's going to be... A, that hasn't opened up yet. It's going to. And the other one, I'm not into it because I don't do um, that kind of food. Uh, not that kind of food, but I don't really like that food. But there's a new fish and chips place open up called Salt and Pepper. Mm. And that's right opposite Primark. They could really confuse people if they renamed Salt and Pepper Pig. <laughs> it has to be all pink then. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so if you're into fish and chips, definitely. Um, that's there, right there on the high street. The grape tree and then a chopstick noodle place. Well, on other local media, uh, I haven't had much of an opportunity to look in the new shopper in the South London press lately, but I do have in my hand Life in Bromley magazine, and, I, and there's loads of stuff in here, including a really, really good What's On section. Uh, for me, I'm just going to select one thing, because I've seen these and started taking pictures of them, and this is the Owl Prowl. The summer Owl? Yeah. Hoot, hoot. The <laughs> Summer Holiday Art Trail, 28th of July to the 5th of October, 24-7, seven days a week. The trail is free to take part in and the map is available at www.yourbromley.com slash owl-prowl. Contact admin at yourbromley.com. Twelve beautiful art owls, and they are. I've seen, I think, three so far, including out of Bromley Picture House and uh, Churchill Theatre, I think. Well, um, the owl statue, sorry, you talked yeah, about. Yeah, they I are gorgeous. Indeed. The artistic creations will be displayed around the town, creating a trail of discovery for visitors and helping them to explore Bromley. 
for details. I've already said what the details are. But yeah, lovely. Well done, uh, your Bromley. Yeah, beautiful house. Really, really beautiful. I love it when things like that go up and around. Um, very creative again. Inspiring. Mm. Um, out of the Life in Orpington magazine, and we were talking about Hever Castle, so I've just seen it. Family, music and comedy. So the Festival Theatre at Hever Castle in uh, Edenbridge has a number of events coming up this month, including family shows. So on the 4th, there's the Wagon of Dreams. Uh, on the 24th, there's the Horrible Histories. Have you ever been to a Horrible History? No, but I'd love Oh my to. God, amazing. They, they, they help my children get into history. Really? So mm. I've been to a couple in London to mm-hmm. see, which was absolutely fantastic. So maybe that's something we can go to and buzz about, even though it's not in Bromley, but Well, it comes back to what we're saying about things that are near. It just grows. You've got the the Crow House on, on the 17th. Um, And there are other events and things happening. Three locations, the award-winning gardens of Heber Castle, childhood homes of Anne Boleyn, include a range of comedy nights, play, opera and music events. So if you want to find out more, you can go over to heberfestival.co.uk or you can call the number 07379. Four Interestingly, I'm meant to be meeting uh, somebody from Bromley Little Theatre later on, who's apparently involved in doing a set for Anne Boleyn. I'm not sure that this Anne Boleyn is at the Bromley Little Theatre. They've had one of uh, a show of that title before, mm-hmm. uh, and it may even be that it's part of this thing at Heaver, so I'm going to look into that, because I love that bit, bit of Tudor history and the musical yeah, six, which no, draws on Anne Boleyn and the other five queens of Henry VIII. Um, on the, in the magazine, on the community notice board as mm-hmm. well, I've been kind of um, following this around and every time I see I stop and I just look at how beautiful they are. So I don't know if you've seen pop up these stands of floral decoration, the Floral Fest it was called. So this year's Bromley Floral, floral Fest entries were themed around Platinum Jubilee and bought a regional burst of colours and creativity to Bromley High Street. The competition entered by 30 primary schools from throughout the borough was judged by gardening expert Charlie Dimock Dimock, yep. and Mark Reeves of Cooling Garden Centre and Francis Forrest of Your Bromley. Winners include um, Bishop Chancellor School for Most Creative, which I've taught at as well, Supply Teaching, mm-hmm. Derek Wood Junior School for the Best Horticulture Display, taught in that school too, mm-hmm. supply teaching. Oh, this is wonderful. Uh, Clare House Primary School for the best use of colours and Elmstead Wood Primary School for the best use of theme, which I've taught at as well. Mm. It's so lovely to see that. I mean, because I know these schools as well mm. and I've been seeing them all around and then I've been seeing them in the schools. Well, I did see these um, uh displays mm. um, because they were outside of the lower end of um, the the glades yeah uh, and yeah I was there when they were being set up the day before Charlie Dimmock came along mm. and there were some really lovely things because there, there were a combination of art and flowers and uh, all of this and they, they were quite varied and really enjoyable to see so well done to all of those involved in that yeah. it, was, it was really well done and again it goes back to what we were saying right at the beginning mm. all these kind of things are so wonderful for children's mental health mm. while they're going through the stages of growing and designing and then presenting them 
and then it's great for people walking past for their mental health and well-being. Well, I'm going to say something which I'm not going to invite you to comment on per se. But, oh, that's but, rude. No, no, I, I, don't, I don't want to. I don't want to um, invite you to undermine the education sector. But I, I was reading a book uh, recently, Stolen Focus, by Jonathan Hari, Johan Hari, and uh, part of that talks about the pressures on young people and those being educated and about the fact that they're going through a test-based pressure cooker, put it that way. So the fact that you've got things like growing things and and um, doing art around it as projects like this. If quiet, I was a school child, I'd regard it as a great, great relief. Mm. Yeah, sorry. Uh, mm. I agree. Sorry, you told me to be quiet, so I'm being quiet now. Yeah, can we get this through the rest of the show, listeners? I doubt it. I've been told <laughs> off. Um, can I just mention this as well? So, uh, Drama Lab. Dramalab.co.uk. Drama mm-hmm. workshops are run by professionals. The uh, Love the Drama. So, Beckenham, Bromley, West Wickham. Mm. And, um, yeah, helping young actors maximise their potential. So, Tuesdays, they have um, classes... From age 7 to 11, all of them, I think, are on that one. And then in certain places, you've got 11 to 13 and then 14 to 18. I'm talking about in terms mm. of ages. Um, so you've got the Theatre 62, which is in West Wickham. You've got the Small Hall, Beckenham Public Hall. Uh, Beckenham Public Hall. That's where it's held on a Thursday. On a Wednesday, again, Beckenham Public Place on um, the Small Hall. And then on the Tuesdays, it's the Parish Sea of... E primary school, um, and they've just got various workshops, drama well, workshops, which I think is absolutely fantastic. I have something I spotted so on the social are media. For something to do. Mm. No, sorry, do you want to? No, 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 more? go ahead. Okay, spotted on social. I just have the one London Borough of Bromley. The Duke of Gloucester visits Bromley to view a showcase of exciting club sports as part of Access to Sport Week, not to mention Platinum Jubilee. Uh, and I think, although I could look into this further, that might have included Bromley FC. It certainly should be, with their nice shiny new FA Trophy Cup and uh, other things. So um, nice to have him visit and uh, take a look around Bromley. Super. Mm. Oh, I just spotted here in the Life in Orbiter magazine. Somebody who I had on my radio show. This is literally hot off the press, people. Um, so uh, Samantha Doclarkia, she was on my radio show, Mindset mm-hmm. Matters. And um, she has a final thought in the uh, Life in Orpington magazine, talking about helping our young people. Mm. And um, she talks about the things that, um, you know, how to make certain decisions, how to encourage the children, what's happening, special awareness days that are coming up. Oh, we've got National Friendship Day anyway, coming up on the 7th of August, International Youth Day as well on the 12th of August. You know, giving them permission to relax, observe and share, Mm. just openly talking to them also about yourself and then listening so it's actually some really good tips on here thank you yeah it was quite interesting to see that right i'm going to throw in some what's on at this point uh, we have 10th of august orpington waterstones book club as mentioned earlier on 13th of august bowie's beckenham oddity and all of these things are more or less googleable uh, and we'll put the links on the what's on section uh, the Canada section on the Bromley Buzz website, actually, mm-hmm. so you can look there, bromleybuzz.co.uk. Mm. Uh, Pause in the Park, 4th of September, uh, by the friends of Cater and Alexandra 
Park. And I have here two flyers from the Biggin Hill Memorial Museum. Mm. Uh, in fact, they've got too many events for me to want to read out all in one go, so I'm only going to use one of the flyers. This is the one which, <laughs> this week, the other one might come next week. This one is uh, entitled Secret War and Animals of World War II. Uh, summer holiday activities for children this July and August. Uh, and upcoming ones include uh, Saturday 13th of August to Friday the 19th. Secret communication is vital for spies. Write an invisible secret message and take a pair of spy binoculars and different disguises. Duh, duh, duh. Saturday 20th of August to Friday the 26th. Arts and crafts session, 10am to 12 noon. Come and have a go at making your own craft animal. I would have thought maybe your own craft aeroplane being a big hill, but there you go. Uh, 27th of August to Sunday the 4th of September. Spies need to crack codes and make codes to pass on to others. Make a Caesar cipher code wheel and a code maker. I think maybe we should go to that one. Um, and Wednesday the 10th and 17th of August, Airfix Model Plane Workshops at 11am and 2pm. This event must be pre-booked. And there's uh, 27th of August, come along and make your own animal-inspired kites. And there's just lots more, so check out their website, bhmm.org.uk. I think everyone's mm. gone all out this summer. There's so much going on. Huge amount. Well, well there's been far more than we can talk about in this yeah, podcast by absolutely. itself for a long time. Um, that's why you should get things like Life in Bromley, Life in Orpington, um, sign up to the newsletter, Churchill Theatre, you know, all these kind mm -hmm. of things. I mean, if you're into dinosaurs, Churchill Theatre, Dinosaur World, live, 8th to the 9th of August. I might go and see that. I might try and drag I my niece and nephew. I might I'd be scared of the dinosaurs. Oh, I don't saw, be I such a pansy. One, I saw one in the Natural History Museum. Really? They had a T-Rex the there. Yeah. He yeah. was scary. He is a bit scary, but I thought it was fantastic. Well, yeah, when I, was, <laughs> when I wasn't being scared, I'll admit to it, it was fantastic as well. Granted. But, uh, no, there's lots going on. If you love Diana Ross, in the name of love, 10th mm. of August. Now, I can bring, your, bring our listeners on to something else that's scary, or scary for many people, and that is an interview with a head teacher. <laughs> can we, before you do that, oh, go on, go on. because we're talking about going into the mm. interview with the head teacher, there's another thing at the Churchill. Yes. The very, and I love this book mm. because then it turns into a butterfly. Oh, yeah. The Very Hungry Caterpillar Show. Spoiler alert, that's just been blown. <laughs> <laughs> Most people know the story. Mm. Kids all know the story. So I don't. Yes. Do you not? No. Oh, it's beautiful. All I know about what's the name of that um, caterpillar that. Um, Everybody eats from Marks and Spencers and other copyists. Oh yeah, the chocolate ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're. you're Gordon? No. George? No. Harry? No. Hungry? <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't. I know. I've got. Okay. The, I can, can visualise it. So can I, uh, in various forms, actually. Listeners, Colin the caterpillar. Colin. Colin. That's it. Colin. Yeah. Yes. Colin the caterpillar. It had to rhyme. K-k-k-k-k. Right. Let's go on to the head teacher. Okay. Thank you very much, Darren. I'm Philip Tegel. I'm the head teacher of Bromley Beacon Academy, which is part of London Southeast Academies Trust. And also the trust is part of the London Southeast Education Group. Yes, and we had uh, Dr. Sam Parrott uh, a little while ago on the podcast uh, talking about the big picture, so to speak. Uh, and she recommended that we speak to you because you've been doing something really good with bicycles. Yes, as a school, it all started during the 
pandemic lockdown, COVID-19 pandemic lockdown, the very first lockdown, we realized that all our students who have education, health and care plans were going to be remaining at home with their parents. We had to set work. We had to set work for these students. And one of the teachers came to me and said, his course is actually practical because we run a vocational course on fixing motorbikes. And therefore, his question was, how is he going to teach these kids whilst they are home? So we had to be creative in what we did. And what the plan we came up with was if we could get some of these bikes delivered to them at home, then they could fix them and bring them back. Coincidentally, at the same time, we, we also run after school club in conjunction with the London Metropolitan Association. And they said to us, they had bicycles sitting in warehouses, mopeds sitting in warehouses, which are normally crushed. So, so we actually asked them for these bicycles and motorbikes. And it started with Metropolitan Police Addington Station. And they supplied us with our first batch of bicycles. Now, it was at that time announced that all special schools must remain open, which was good news to us. So our students started coming in. We received these bikes, our first batch of 60 to 100 bicycles from Addington Police Station. And these kids, our students fixed them. After fixing them, we offered some of them to take them and use them as part of their cycling proficiency test so that they could ride. We realized that at the end of giving them some out, we had a huge number of bicycles and mopeds left. The question was, what do we do with this, these leftovers? And then, and then a suggestion came from my motorbike teacher that why don't we send them to Africa? to the, the suburbs where children walk nearly nine to 10 miles to school to help them cycle to school instead. Now, this came very handy. The local people in Africa welcomed the idea and that's where it took off. We receive bicycles from various police stations across the country now. It's become a very huge scheme. And we received bicycles and mopeds and motorbikes from various of our six police forces across the country. And we spent time with our students fixing these bikes. We use it as a learning tool for these students. They fix them and we ship them to Africa in those villages where they needed, desperately needed these bicycles and mopeds. Now the end result is our students are learning and African children are benefiting. And this has become a very huge success that we are expanding it. And our next vision is to form a partnership in Africa so that we can keep sending it out. On top of that, you were talking about bikes that would otherwise have been crushed. They would have been crushed. One of our schemes is sustainability. We try to be as green as possible within our school. And within the trust, there is a sustainability policy that to try as much as possible to be green. 
and rather than the Mets crashing them, and to be honest, they pay companies to crash them. So we are taking so many boxes in a sense that we stop the police from spending extra money to crash these confiscated or retrieved bicycles. And we spend the time with our students, valuable lesson time, teaching them, showing them, helping them gaining set qualifications and skills, which could help them go straight into employment in the future. And also sending them to Africa, where these students or children in Africa also benefit in cycling to schools. So to me, the scheme, as far as I'm concerned, this scheme is a win-win-win situation for every stakeholder and every partner involved in it. And so rather than crashing them, we're making better use of them. We are recycling and making better use of them. And uh, have you had feedback from the people who have received them in Africa about the use of them so far? Yes, we have. And they've sent us videos and photos of students riding to school. They've also sent us photos of, of children arriving in school and a video of them saying thank you to us. Excellent. It sounds like we've got an actual fanfare going on in the background greeting this um, good news. It's a news. change of blessing. We, we don't have the normal bells in my school. We have music. <laughs> well, where, where I am at the moment, I'm flanked by large lorries that have um, pulled up and reversed into place, and we've got the music going on. Um, but actually, this fits in with the theme in a, a strange way, because when this started out, you had a rather big dilemma going on, because, of course, you had hands-on courses with no, no ability to do it hands-on, and you turned it around into this. I, I, I would take my hat off to you if I had one on. Thank you very much. Uh, as I said, it's uh, most of our students come diagnosed with social, emotional, and mental health needs, STMH needs. And for them, it's they need handsome practical courses. So in as much as we offer so many vocational courses, motorbike is one of them. We also actually offer construction qualification. We offer food studies qualification. We offer DJing qualification and music technology qualification. All these are practical subjects because they are good and fit for purpose as part of our curriculum for students with social, emotional, and mental health. And it helps them progress into their next phase of life, either, either into colleges or into employment or training. So until as at last year, I can give you last year's data, we had what we call zero needs. Needs meaning not in, not in employment, education, or training. Now the government statistics actually gathers and collates and gathers the data for students who are needs. Now I can proudly say in the last two, three years, we have zero needs. In other words, every child that has finished key stage four or five in our school have gone into employment, education, or training. And it's, this is because of the curriculum we offer, which is very handsome, which is very practical, which meets the local needs as well. One of them is motorbikes. And by the time they finish, they leave here with either level one qualification or level two qualification to go into college. Now, fortunately for our school, we are part of this London Southeast Education Group. 
and part of the group is LSEC, which is the London Southeast Colleges. So our children, most of our students live here with level one or two and straight into the college to do motorbikes and cars as well. So they do go on to do this engineering in the college. And that's one of the advantages we have as a school within a trust, which is part of the college system. So our students gain their qualification, they gain their experience. They also do charitable work and we teach them how to give back to society through this scheme as well. And so everyone seems to gain through this whole scheme. It started as something small to fix bikes during pandemic, and it's now going to become a huge project. It takes a lot of our time. And to be honest, in October, three staff and three students are traveling to Africa to meet the children who have benefited from this scheme. The police have asked to join that trip as well because everyone has realized that we are actually helping not just this country, but the world at large. Yeah, that, that whole thing is brilliant. And I know from my own contacts that in Africa, you've got situations where uh, people, as you say, they walk miles to go to school day in, day out. Uh, or they walk miles to get water from boreholes day in, yep. day out. And um, schooling, um, if people give money to the, the right people for that, um, people can be sent to school in Africa for something like £50 a year, I think it is, a yes. very small sum. But the difference it can make is enormous. So that um, expedition uh, looks like it's going to be a really, really enjoyable thing because it will show what it means to the people who are on the receiving end of the bicycles um and uh, it would be nice perhaps we can come around to the school and say hello to a student or two who's actually been working on these things i'll be more than happy to welcome you into the school to meet some of the students and the staff who are involved in this project and can i say this that i've had the opportunity to go to those suburbs in africa to witness firsthand because in some of the villages, these children walk nine to 10 miles. So they do not start school at the age of four or five because they are not able to walk the 10 miles to get to school. So they have to, parents have to wait for them to grow old enough to do the journey from home to school. Then 10 miles from home to school. And so what these bicycles do is to actually help them get to school faster in the morning and get home safely as well. Otherwise, they will have to work miles and miles each day, sometimes two to three hours going to school, sometimes two to three hours going home. And so the bicycles are helping. What the last time I contacted them in Africa, one of the things they said was the mopeds that we sent as a part of the first part did not actually go to students, it went to teachers. Mm -hmm as well and they said to me if you could get more for the teachers and other farmers and so on so we are actually helping build a whole community and to lead successful lives in africa and i'm proud to be part of it yes yeah, so it comes through very strongly uh, i'm glad to say well if um i was a charity or somebody interested in this 
uh, who is listening to this show, uh, how would we best get in touch with the college or the trust, I should say, perhaps? Uh, I'll give, I'll say, use, firstly, contact Dr. Sam Perrett, who is the group principal of the London Southeast Education Group. And also you may contact Mr. Neil Miller, who is also the DCEO of the London Southeast Academies Trust. And you can also contact me, Philip Tegel, at bromleybeacon.lcat.org.uk. And all three of us will be in a position to be able to help with whatever you've got to support us. And I welcome extra support. Because one of the things that, one of the, my first obstacle I faced when I started this project was payment of the shipping of the bicycles to Africa. I've never done that before. And when I tried it the first time, that's when I realized what was involved. We had to pay for storage of these bicycles. We also have to pay a shipping company to deliver them. And when it got over there, we had to pay for them to be cleared out through their customs. And so fortunately, one of the uh, members of parliament for those areas in Africa came forward and she has a charity and that charity decided to support in the payment of clearing the bicycles so that her community could get access to them. So it started with something small and it became huge. We've done three shipments at the moment. We are looking to do the fourth shipping in October. And so far we've sent over 300 bicycles and mopeds to those areas which are in high need and dying of need of bicycles and mopeds. The motorbikes, the mopeds are going to adults, teachers, farmers, even police in Africa are asking for them. And then the push bicycles are going to children to help them ride to school and to have easy access to education, which I believe is a right for every child in the world. Well, just to add on the contact side of things, there's an email here, groupprincipal at lsec, now sec dot ac dot uk. Uh, and I must say thank you very much for joining me this afternoon. I really enjoyed hearing about that. It sounds like you're going to have a lot more shipments ahead. And uh, th this thing that's taking up, as you say, quite a bit of your time could well carry on growing. But it's doing those students good and uh, their career paths as well. As you say, it's like a win, 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 win scenario. It, it, it is. And I'm grateful. Can I say this? I'm also grateful. I need to I need to say this, that I'm grateful to the trust, to the group for supporting the school in running this project, because I don't think we'll be, we'll be able to have done it without the trust support and without the group support. So I'm really grateful to London Southeast Education Group and London Southeast Academies Trust. Thank you, Philip Tago. Mm. Mm. No, it's lovely to feature that because it's good mm. news all around well, all around what Philip talked about, really. Yeah, wonderful. Can I, 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 I've just come across something else here, which I thought is quite funny. Go on then. Uh, so by the way, here being your back in. 
Sorry? You're back in life in Orkington, aren't you? Yes, yeah. I am. I'm, I'm loving the magazine uh, this month. Uh, and you're scaring me now because you've turned it around and you've got the dinosaur facing me. I'm so sorry. Yeah, shortly uh, followed by Jimmy Tarbuck. I'm also snatch, snatch, snatch. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I get when I tell you to be silent. I get a, yes, a, a payback. Yeah. Payback double. Mm. So the nation's favourite pranks. Yeah. So a study by Jamie Dodgers revealed that a whopping mm. 95% of Brits believe that it's important to embrace your inner child. I'm always telling people to embrace their inner child, especially when it comes to fun, mischief and pranks. Nearly two thirds of Brits, 63%, confess they love to prank, with men far more likely to prank someone than their 72% female counterparts at 54%. This is especially true for parents, or should we say, kiddults. Um, as more than a third reveal they feel they are less mature than their own kids. And it goes on to read a bit more, but uh, some of the pranks. So the nation's top 10 pranks. Shall I read them out? Where do you come into this? Should we go from number 10 or should we go from number one? Which way should we go? Go from the bottom and put in your favourites. Right. So starting at number 10. Changing the clocks. Nine. Telling your children the Wi-Fi's down and it isn't. Eight, cling film over the toilet seat. Oh, that's a least favourite. <laughs> Number horrible. seven, removing batteries from devices. At six, replacing family photos with famous people. <laughs> Some of these already would never have occurred to me. <laughs> and at midpoint, number five, whoopee cushions. I love a whoopee cushion. Oh, I think yeah, in, invitation Z, well, I shall remember that one. <laughs> At number four, scaring someone with fake insects or snakes. Oh, I've done that. Number three, prank calling a mate. Mm, done that. Number two, using an extra or different remote to sneakily change the TV channel. Haven't done that. And at number one, mm. doo -doo -doo, jumping out at someone and shouting, Boo! Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> it didn't work on the dogs. They just sit here quietly sleeping. With their tongues Tongue out. sticking out, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe we need an update on these. What do you think? On these what? Oh, pranks. on the pranks. Well, we're in this age of social media, aren't we? So um, there will be social media pranks going on. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. Sorry. Yeah, I, I need to stop reading because I'm going to be bringing out more stuff. Okay. Well, I think it may be time for us to buzz out. I think so. Are mm. we going to go... I know last time you wanted to go with Who Let The Dogs Out? And Did since we're in that yeah. environment... Mm -hmm. Shall we name check the dogs, by the way? Go on then. I can't. I remember them from... Uh, you, know. <laughs> you weren't listening. No, I was listening. I've just got rubbish memory. So we have with... Uh, tongue Out. Tongue Out. Capelli. I love that mm -hmm. name. Capelli. I think we're back to you. Very adorable. Yeah, lovely dog. And then we've got... In the TV cupboard, we have Willow. Mm -hmm. And then hiding in the corner over there, we've got Scatty. Oh, yeah. And looks like a Scatty, scruffy Scatty. Mm -hmm. Then uh, in the next room, the Pomeranians, we've got uh, one of them's blind and has got a quiff, is Elvis. And then the other one that looks a bit like him but not blind is George. And then I am forgetting, actually, we didn't mention it, which is it's a good thing because you're allergic to them. Uh, there are three cats upstairs. Three? I thought it was only two. No, I, I haven't seen the third cat yet. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, so and it's comes out at night. Okay. So I officially said two because I've not seen the third cat. Right then, let's, let's hit the buzz. And it's uh, Darren Real from Intune PR and... Zenat Narani from Vida de la Mariposa Coaching. Saying goodbye from the Bromley Buzz and our resident dog collection this week. <laughs> 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 That's a hard no, one to I, no, do. No, 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 it isn't. Let's it? just sing it, shall we? Or should we just buzz? <laughs> the dog's woken up now. <laughs> See what that is. <laughs> you know what? I think the <laughs> we're not buzzing out there yet. There were fireworks <laughs> after the England won the game last night. They pay more attention to us now than they do to the fireworks, which is a very good thing for dogs. Yeah, they didn't mm. at all respond to the fireworks. No, and uh, last word to the huffing dog. There you go. He's just looking at you, smelling it. Sniffing the microphone. Okay. And it's goodbye from us. Goodbye. Goodbye.